hello hello my name is vivian and i am co-founder of bc i've got some twiglets that i open upside down i don't like twiglets are they not marmite on twiglets yeah do you not like marmite Oh, obviously not, Ryan. Obviously not. <laughs> Either you love it or you hate it. I hate it. You don't just like it or or dislike it. I feel like they've got like a really weird mm. taste, like almost bitter. Is that yeah, it is. Just... It's like umami mm. taste. I love sucking them. <laughs> <laughs> I love sucking twiglets. Oh yeah, I like to suck a twiglet too. Sorry, I'm Charlie. I'm so pained <laughs> by the twiglets, by the gestures, by everything. Yeah, I'm not a fan I'm of the gestures. I'm making it sexualized. Am they I? don't sexualize me eating twiglets. Okay. You're doing it on purpose. <laughs> this is don't, how I eat twiglets. Don't, mi- don't mind fuck us. <laughs> this is how I eat twiglets. <laughs> and I uh, crunch it with my teeth. Nom nom nom. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. Um, How are we? Should we do a quick out of 10? Wait, who are it's you, my, first of all? It's my Anne, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm like a five or a six. I'm feeling quite really tired and mm. I'm feeling low energy levels and low motivation today. Having said mm. that, I did have quite a productive day at work. So I think knowing you know that your brain only has energy for so much in a day, as soon as I've achieved something, I'm just like, okay, and I'm done now. Yes, it's time to it's time to power down. Mm-hmm. Like Charlie literally asked me to do something just before this podcast, and I was like, "Yes, but tomorrow." <laughs> That's fine. I do not put any deadlines on the things I ask you to do. <laughs> it's fine. Do it whenever. <laughs> I'm like three weeks late doing it, so it's fine. Um, I am Charlie. I've not been on the podcast for a couple of weeks. I feel like um, I am like a solid four point five. But I was like a two, so we're going up. But then about three people have said to me, you're like yourself, what's wrong? Then I realised maybe I had a face on me all the time. So I'm just faking it till I make it and Mm. being a bit more upbeat. We'll see how that goes. Do you want to be upbeat? Well, I did give myself a few days to wallow. So that's my way of getting out of it. I love a wallow. Yeah. I love a wallow. And I really must have because people are commenting on it. <laughs> so I really must have been a bit miserable for a while, but it's okay that we're allowed what to do you do sometimes. when you wallow? What do you like? What, what do you do? Don't talk to anyone. That sounds like, like bliss. Yeah. Like literally every single facet of my life, I will just ignore everyone and I'll be on social media, but I won't actually watch anything or look at anything. So I'll just like really quickly scroll through. So I don't have the FOMO that I'm not checking my social media but I also just don't care what everyone else is doing don't want to Mm. see you being happy thank you very much let me wallow in myself yeah I it's needed it's needed when I think of the word wallow I think of like your body going like this (laughs) do you know like cake like concave was it concave when you like kind of like go into a little ball this is really good content for a podcast where they cannot see what you're doing. <laughs> Basically, I'm like scrunching myself into a tiny, tiny ball. She's this doing is how a I woodlouse feel. impression. I'm in a little woodlouse. I'm a wallowing yeah. woodlouse. <laughs> when I think of wallowing, I think of um, like warthogs or hippos or some kind of animal that likes to kind of slowly squelch around in mud. 
Because mm. does it feel like you're wading through mud in that scenario? Well, because I, I feel like that would actually be quite self-indulgent. I think I would quite enjoy And I, I do quite enjoy wallowing. You know, when you feel like, shit, I really enjoy feeding that feeling. <laughs> you know, like, I, I might as well make this 10 times worse and watch a really sad film and listen yeah. to some really sad music and eat food that's going to make me feel like shit. And have a tantrum. I do like a tantrum. Um, I've, I've really noticed that when I am wallowing, I really do listen to really, really like sad music. And it, mm. Well, I say it doesn't help. I think it does help. I think it makes me feel like I'm not the only person in the world who might have had some sad times. But also, I'm not sure it helps me snap out of it. Are you a crier? No. You don't cry? No. <laughs> do, do you journal? No. How do you get out your feelings? I don't. Because I feel like when I listen, when I feed that, when I feed the wallow, that sounds like a it's really like an Australian, like like an animal. Like yeah. I'm just going outside to feed the wallow. Um, <laughs> when I feed the wallow, I oh no, stop! Feed the That's wallow. Really I, I want to do it offend now. Any Australians? When I feed the wallow, I feel like I'm creating a space to get the emotions out. So if I listen to a sad song. It's like, it's okay for me to cry about that. So I just cry. And then the fact of getting the tears out is really helpful. Actually, I say I'm not a crier, but I do like a really sad, like, film or something. My personal go-to is Blindside um, with Sandra oh. Bullock in. Mm. Uh, Carly would love that one, wouldn't she? It's very, it's very yeah. white it, scenery. It is, yeah. it is. And I'm aware of that kind of now, but I like that it's Sometimes got a happy ending. It. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes you just, just need, need a problematic stuff. film. Yeah, you just need. That's literally like sometimes I. Yeah, go on, Charlie. No, I don't have anything to add. It, it, yeah. it, like the more and more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it is. But I, I, I do, I do like to watch it and cry to it. Fair enough. I always watch the um the last the end scene of Gladiator. It's I've like not seen it. One properly. of my. <gasps> It's like one of my favorite films of all time. I know it backwards, and at the end, it's just like guaranteed howling. I remember the first time I ever watched it, I was like 12 or something, and I was 13, and it was on late on the movie channels, and I was watching it on my own, and I was howling. And my mum came downstairs, (laughs) I woke her up, I came downstairs, and she came downstairs, and she was like, What is wrong? And I went, He was the soldier of Rome. <laughs> like one of the last lines in the film. Like, okay, okay, I'll go to bed now. Bye. <laughs> I've never seen okay, that film. Maybe we should watch it at Betreat. Oh, I don't want to cry though. I want to avoid all of my emotions because all I do is cry. I cry probably twice a week on average at the moment. Oh, um, yeah, I'm a big crier. Yeah. I'm like a mm. few times a week. Sometimes I just cry when I think about things that have happened in my life. Sometimes I cry because I love my friends and my partner so oh, much. Oh, I do that too. <laughs> but my, par- my partner <laughs> says that it's really good because he's like yeah. the opposite to me. And I think sometimes, mm. I mean, he always says it's it's really good. He's like, oh, it's great that you can just do that, get that out. Out, even though I feel ridiculous like mm. you know sometimes he'll say why are you crying and I'm like because it's so nice and I feel <laughs> ridiculous but he assures me that it's a really good thing I don't think I've ever cried like thinking about something happy I don't think I've ever cried happy tears that's actually quite sad isn't it <laughs> like why well, no, does that mean I've not been happy or do I just not express not myself through crying <laughs> I think the latter, hundred percent. I think people can feel a lot of deep things, but very like internally, and it doesn't necessarily manifest as tears. It doesn't mean you don't feel it. You are human, aren't you? It would also be good to know, like <laughs> yes. how much of how much of the way that we process emotions is 
nature versus nurture because I do think that we live in a society that has a lot of narratives around crying unless it's merited as being quite a, a negative or a weak thing. Like, oh, I've got to take, pull yourself together. Mm. And a lot of us do it. Like you will cry. Maybe you're it's maybe it's because it's a space that it's not appropriate to cry at the time. Like if you're at work or whatever, and you, you know, you, you will say to yourself, like, oh, pull yourself together. And I think that we live in a very pull yourself together society. So I would like to know how much of it is your, how much of it is actually you, Charlie, or how much of it is like the environment that you've grown up in and kind of, been conditioned in telling you that it's not acceptable to cry oh this got deep real quick I know uh, <laughs> I tell you already thinking I think I am very much a pull yourself together kind of person and I don't think I necessarily impose that on others because well I would hope I don't impose that on others because I wouldn't want to think I did that but for myself I am very much a get on with it kind of person and I think I have been conditioned to think like that. So maybe I need to work on that. Maybe that's something for 2021. We're halfway through the year now, but work on crying more. And also crying isn't like a marker. It's not a measure of how much you've engaged with something or how much you appreciate something, right? Like just because you yeah. can't cry after something bad happens, it doesn't mean that your feelings mm. aren't valid. I feel just like because I feel, you don't, yeah. Yeah, on. I feel other emotions a lot more than I feel like, cryingness like crying for sadness or happiness or whatever you may be crying for because I feel like I feel anger <laughs> a lot more mm. and that manifests itself into whatever it might manifest itself into usually mm. me holding a grudge for a very very long time about something which is again probably not great but we are where we are <laughs> how about you Viv how are you out of 10 Oh, I just had a therapy session where I cried my eyes out. So I, I feel actually a lot better for it. And I actually had a quite, I asked her, do you think this therapy, my, I asked my therapist, does she think this type of therapy is working for me? Because it's like specifically focusing on my trauma and my family background and stuff, because I've never had this type of therapy before. And it's really challenging. And I said to her, I admitted that I wanted to quit a few times because I found it too challenging, but that shouldn't be the reason to quit, to quit. Um, and it was quite interesting because she said that I'm good at self-reflection, but then she said it's not going to be easy all the time because she had said some really challenging things. It's not always been hundred percent validating. It's held the mirror up to me a lot of the time, but I think that is the point of it. So I feel quite drained today. Um, I also have a back injury again, again, not sex related, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Um, and so I'm like, I had yesterday a day of wallowing, um, where I was literally just lying on the sofa cause I couldn't move, but also cause I was feeling sorry for myself and ordered a pizza, which was great. Um, so I'm about a six, maybe five out of 10, I'd say. At the I moment. find therapy so exhausting and I don't, so like, I don't, I don't get that kind of like instant happy glow. I don't have the like post-therapy glow. Uh -oh. I feel like, mm. I feel like. Sorry, it's so distracting watching you eat Twiglets. <laughs> Don't watch me then. <laughs> you, turn your camera off. <laughs> but I want to see you. I want for the, you to for see the me. listeners, she's she's like sucking the Twiglets sucking and sliding it, so them in and out. <laughs> I'm being considerate to the listeners so it doesn't make a noise. You're not being considerate to Charlie or me. <laughs> so sorry. I'm just sorry, I'll put I'm it just down. I'll put I'm it. just not going to look while I talk about the really serious thing that I was going to talk about. This is like that time that you whipped out a corn on the cob. <laughs> I feel kind of like I've been hit by a bus. 
after I've had therapy and I always try to not make any plans after therapy so I can just like literally just lie down lie down um make someone else make me dinner Mm -hmm. by makes by someone else I mean my long-suffering partner um (laughs) and I yeah but I I feel the benefits of it but just not immediately I think it's more like the next day I feel quite good because I unpacked something in therapy Mm, yeah I I did a really good therapy session recently though my last one um I was just like you know start with the usual question that was being going on I was like I feel all right you know (laughs) and then that was the session we just had a chat because I was like yeah I don't really want to talk about any deep shit today um yeah yeah, I'm I'm doing all right so we talked about like politics and stuff which was nice (laughs) sometimes you do have sessions where you're just like I literally have nothing I've come with nothing today because I feel fine and like sometimes I, I've been like, is it worth, um, am I cured? <laughs> and then you have another session where you're like, no, I've got so much to work on. I am not cured from yeah. myself. This is really nice. I think I've noticed that I've, I'm going to other people with my problems less now that I have therapy. Like I don't really, mm. the number of people that I'm regularly talking to about the issues in my life has really, really gone down. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's just like, I feel overall a bit more emotionally balanced because I'm making space for myself regularly to just talk to another person who's completely impartial and only has my interests at heart, who doesn't know anyone that I know. Just doing that regularly, just like setting aside that time, whether or not I talk about how I'm feeling or things that have happened or whether I just talk about like, I don't know, just total bollocks. Yeah. is it's it's not the content so much during those sessions it's just the like the fact of having made the space I think totally. it's really helpful yeah I think it does help with that kind of self-validation that we're all I'm terrible at it as well and just like trusting your own instincts more in how you feel is really really helpful um so therapy is recommended for everyone if you can afford it because it's a privilege now let's move on to the Q&A. So we pulled out um, a very, very impromptu Q&A story on Instagram. And we've got some great questions. Uh, I don't know whether anyone wants to start. I did notice I that some of them were a bit unsavory. We know <laughs> who you are. Fine. I think that's <laughs> Yeah. Not all from the same perpetrator either, might I add. So first question. <laughs> well, should we start off with an easy one coriander nice or nasty nasty <laughs> nasty I saw this one and I was like this is my question you know because I've got such a deep-rooted hatred for coriander and every time my Anne and Viv send a picture of the fucking food it's always covered in that green shit Vietnamese this is the food <laughs> of my people yeah what if a Vietnamese person didn't like coriander I don't are they exist. exiled oh they don't exist <laughs> If you are Vietnamese and you don't like coriander, I'm not invalidating you. No, that does not mean you are less Vietnamese. But you are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But you are inherently wrong. (laughs) And you shall be exiled. I love, I love coriander so much. It's the best herb. It's it's the best herb. herb. There is a genetic thing, isn't it? Like that Mm. it tastes different to certain people. Like it tastes like soap. I don't know whether with Charlie, whether it's a genetic thing or just. I don't, I genuinely don't think it's a genetic thing. I think it just tastes like shit. A woman who (laughs) pretends that she's allergic to peas. (laughs) Yeah. I would honestly... What's wrong with fucking peas? They're so inoffensive. Like they don't even taste of anything. We discussed this just before you came on. They do taste of something, but. 
They're nature's candy, basically. No, they're not. Stop calling it that. There is so also an excellent source wrong. of protein. No, right. Okay, I'll tell you what's wrong with these. Yes. Okay, number one, the smell of them. They have a really weird smell. Like, you, right, okay. If you, you think like, of mushy peas, what do they smell like? Absolutely disgusting. Deliciousness. Smell like peas. Yeah. Do you actually like, think do you... mushy peas smell nice? Because mushy peas yeah. smell yeah. like. Okay, sorry. They smell, they smell like peas. Sometimes. But it's like in a nice way, like a nice fart, you know? But like you farted yourself. Do you like the smell of other vegetables? Wait, well, um, well, I think a lot of vegetables don't really smell of anything, but peas definitely smell of something. Vegetables smell of things as a person like who eats like what kind of, of vegetable? Broccoli. What, what veg- oh, I love broccoli. Stinks. No, it doesn't. Broccoli stink. If you broccoli boil stinks. broccoli, it's the most smelly, smelly vegetable. That's why you get really bad worse. gas. Oh, I don't oh like my god! Oh my god! One time, you know how you know how bad cauliflower stinks when you when you've washed it. I made a cauliflower pizza once. You know when you, mm. <clears throat> it's like a really like wanky way of yes. making pizza. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I made like once because it's just it's so time and it's so labor intensive and it takes up so much time i made a cauliflower pizza once and you have to like cook the cauliflower florets and then put them in a tea towel and then wring all of the water out of the tea towel and then your your tea towel gets covered in like wet cauliflower mush and i just put it in the washing machine (laughs) (laughs) i put it in the washing machine but it was the only thing in the washing machine so i didn't want to like run it just for this one tea towel so i just left it in there and then my flatmate she obviously saw the tea towel and she was like, oh, it's white. Okay, I'll put my clothes in. And she washed oh my all God. of her clothes with the cauliflower, with the cauliflower tea towel. And they are <laughs> clothes fucking <laughs> and, oh they were, and they were like covered in like really grainy cauliflower residue. Oh, and they oh came out of the she had to Did wash you... them like three more times to get the smell out. <laughs> it took her a really long time oh, to no. forgive me. I think I do that with my tea towels and I put my clothes in and my clothes stink of the tea towels. Maybe it's just I think it's all right unless you've unless you've like made something really mushy and smelly in the tea towel. Like if it's just like you've just mm. used the tea towel for dishes, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Although don't don't come at me, people okay. who are germaphobes. <laughs> okay, should we go to the next question? Because we've got quite a few questions to get through and some of them are quite deep. Uh, I'm going to continue with the with the food theme. Eating rice with a spoon or chopsticks, sacrilege or not? Wait, wait, I don't understand the question. Like sacrilege to eat it with chopsticks as well as a spoon. Like I say, do what you got to do, mate. Yeah, spoon spoon is a very accessible instrument. I think like I don't think sacrilege at all. I eat rice with spoons. I think a spoon's the best utensil. I eat everything with a spoon, even food that's not meant to be eaten with a spoon. I eat with a spoon. What pizza? I usually start off with um. (laughs) I usually start off with chopsticks with rice like for the bigger bits and then use a spoon at the very end you know and then you've just got like the stubborn little grains on the end of mm. it, like stuck to the bottom of the bowl yeah I used to mix my soup with my rice and then use a spoon Ooh, I yeah. love doing that but my mum used but to I'm not about I'm not about like utensil snobbery like if you want to mm. use a fork use a fork if you want to use a teaspoon like you know do 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 what feels right yeah I, I agree. agree but I don't really think a fork is the best utensil for rice if I was going to pick yeah I wouldn't no. utensil. But then I also probably wouldn't pick chopsticks, but I don't really use chopsticks in the house, to be honest, because I'm Do you more not? Lazy. Like cooking and stuff and like just picking shit up and whatnot. No, I'm quite lazy. I realised that I have all my life been really drawn to meals where you don't have to use two hands to eat the food. <laughs> and I realised, I literally only just realised recently that it's because of like, it's because 
like, you know, most Asian food is designed to either be eaten, like, you know, it's all cut up into small bits usually. And, you, you know, it's, it's designed to, you pick bits up with one hand or with chopsticks mm-hmm. or whatever, you put it in your bowl and you put it in your mouth. Um, there's not so much like, you know, stuff that, if, if stuff is cut, it's cut before, it's cut before it's put out on the table. So it's cut up and then put out on the table. And you really only need like one hand to serve yourself. And you can pick up your bowl with your other hand if you want to. But like also in, you know, in a lot of South Asian cuisine and a lot of African, Middle Eastern, you know, stuff that you eat with your hands. Mm. And I just, I, I really can't be asked with this whole knife and fork business. Like when I'm, it's actually really rare that we eat stuff in, in our house that involves knives and forks. Like Both, yeah. you know, if it's pasta, for example, I'm just like, yeah, eat, eat with one hand. Just mm. really annoys me not being able to pick my bowl up or pick the thing up and you've got to like you know sit there with your knife and fork using two hands to eat what's that about do you do you ever cut up your noodles like your fur like and then you use the spoon I always I use the edge of the spoon like that's why I think the spoon is one of the best utensils because you can use the use the flat Uh, side of it to not the flat side the edge side of it to cut and then you, uh, you obviously can use your use it like underneath the noodles as you chopstick. I mean, that's the only time that I think I, I'm okay with like two-handed eating is when I'm eating noodle soups. Yeah. I, I pre-cut my noodles. So I sit on the TV and I just use a spoon to to eat my pre-cut noodles. My mum finds it disgusting. She always berates me for it. Charlie, Next. you've got a thing about eating with your hands, don't you? Yeah. I don't like of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like anything that's like makes my hands dirty, basically. Yes. Viv, I can and see the cogs no. turning in Viv's head. She's trying to find I'm a like, way to make this into a dirty joke. No, I'm not. I'm genuinely not. I was just like, I like don't, this. I she can't like, relate at all. <laughs> so, so how do you eat cock? <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> pussy. Whichever way you want to go. That's going to answer that. I don't know who's going to listen gobble. to this. Just gobble. Yeah, sorry, sorry. That's true. That's true. Okay, let's move move on. <laughs> move on. We've got a lot of questions. Okay, someone has asked. We're going to continue on the food theme. What is your favorite westernized westernized EC dish? I have a problem. I don't understand question. the question. Like, as in, I guess food that has been adapted for the Western palate. I am assuming. So, are they thinking about uh, seaweed? Like a, yeah, like seaweed, because that's very much yeah. like. You don't see that in any Chinese restaurants in China, do you? Yeah, and I bloody love seaweed. That's not actually seaweed. I mean, could you not argue that loads of uh, British Chinese food is adapted for a Western palate? Yeah, yeah like sweet and sour like chicken. Take... Is, yeah, exactly. You know, it's predominantly meant to be pork in Cantonese cuisine, mm-hmm. but it's like... like sweet and sour anything. Sweet and sour chicken. I do like sweet and sour sauces. I do like sweet and sour sauces too. Oh, salt and pepper chips. I love oh, yeah. salt and pepper anything. Yeah, That's same. quite westernized, isn't it? Think about like in Hong Kong, how like a lot of the food, like especially in the Hong Kong cafes have been colonized. Like they have like spam and egg sandwiches, very much a British dish, but it's like such a staple in Hong Kong cuisine or like Hong Kong milk tea, which is basically British tea, which is actually not British tea. It's tea from either South Asia or East or Southeast Asia. But that's all been like westernized or colonized. I'm actually really glad that you brought up sandwiches because I um, I really, really, really like sandwiches. And <laughs> I've got a bit of a, I, I, would, I would love to do like a sandwich tour of the world, but I've got a bit of a soft spot for um, like 
post-colonial sandwiches that's what i'm going to call them like Like, (laughs) so for example um me is a really obvious choice it's like it's 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 they've taken it's like they're gonna they take french baguettes yeah it's just like right we're gonna take their bread and make it better you see the same thing in senegal like um a thing uh, that we eat a lot of breakfast sandwiches here and it's basically just like these um women who have street food stalls usually in the morning um or lunch or evening kind of like peak times when people are going to work or coming home or whatever and you just get a baguette and then you choose your filling it's basically like Mm. a sandwich shop but on the street and you use your filling and the filling is usually like um well there's like meat there's like usually um like meat chicken but then there's also boiled eggs you can get omelette Mm. fries salad um beans the local the local um beans they're like um black-eyed black-eyed beans get those mixed up with spicy onions like salt and pepper onions Mm. spicy peas and then they put like there's a spicy potato salad sauce that goes in there as well and you can literally just have all these things in a sandwich and it's just unbelievable it's so good it's like the best love a breakfast sandwich um and that's like a you know the baguettes obviously come Mm. from senegal and vietnam were both former french colonies yeah so so i quite i quite rate that like let's take it but make it better oh maybe so much better what's the best sandwich you've ever had oh this is a really difficult oh i can't answer that question (laughs) can i tell you about the best sandwich i've ever yes 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 yes. so when i used to live in spain we um one time my friends took me to this kind of small cafe i wouldn't say it was a restaurant as such but we went really late at night because that's what we do in spain um and they were like, oh, have this, a calamari baguette. And I was like, calamari on a baguette? That's weird, man. And then <laughs> that was just me being judgmental because it's not weird. Um, it is the best thing I've ever eaten. Actually, that's a bold claim. But it is fantastic. Best sandwich. Best sandwich I've ever eaten. To the point yeah. where every single time I go back, we go. And it costs like six euros. You get a full baguette that's like probably a foot and a half long. And it is just incredible. Like the calamari is freshly oh fried god. with some lemon on it. The bread is like freshly mm. made. Oh my god! Just thinking about it now, I'm like, I need to go back to Spain. Well, when I was in Sicily, they've got this like um, they have this thing called panelli, which is like so. I think it's made out of chickpea flour, but anyway, it's just chickpeas. But it's basically battered, deep fried slabs of chickpea, and they you eat them in a bap with salt and and lemon juice and it's just like the most it's like carbs and carbs it's just the most delicious thing oh my god and it's 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 it's, it was surprising because I didn't I had no expectations when I went to Sicily um and I actually found it to be really vegetarian friendly and Mm. these sandwiches are vegan also I I was with a vegan friend at the time and we got them the day after a massive wedding. So we were all quite hanging and we were going to the beach in Palermo and we stopped at this food truck and it was, oh my God, it was like, you know, when you have the, the nicest thing, but also at the best time. And it's just like a marriage of place, time, thing. Oh, so good. Oh my God. That sounds incredible. But chickpeas make me fart and poo <laughs> like nobody's business i think i've got some kind of like incredible resistance because i never have any of these problems oh, with, like, I pulses wish and beans I had your and stuff. well we'll move on to the next <laughs> question 
how many poos this is asked by um amy a uh, fellow co-founder of be seen how many Where's poos a day is healthy depends what you eat doesn't it yeah well clearly for um, you you could eat anything but I, I am not a medical professional so i mm. am not going to dish out advice i think the most important thing is that it's normal for you so I don't think there's a, a normal for everyone, but if you notice any irregular bowel movements that are persistent, please go see your doctor. Someone's <laughs> mum's a medical professional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say I like to go at least once a day. And if I haven't, there is something inherently wrong. I remember holding in a poo the whole entire weekend that my boyfriend first slept over and my stomach was not okay because then I was then constipated because I held it in because I didn't want to hit him to hear me poo but I am usually very very regular very regular <laughs> I'm moving, moving on to that swiftly on how do you wipe your bum on the toilet <laughs> thank you to Manny for asking that question actually oh. do you know what I was going to talk about something else, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, this is way more important. I'm a big fan of like the, um, well, either the Italian method, like with a bidet and a little mm-hmm. towel. Is um, Italian or, or French? I think they have them in both, but I mean, oh. most, it's the Italians I know are like still really married to this method. Mm. Like the, the fact that the British loos don't have, the facilities to do that is like sacrilegious to them um mm. or the like african asia african asian i don't know about latin america i'm sorry um like butt hose method like the little shower head that you get in the in the toilet mm. it's just the best yeah, yeah i do like that i do like that being able to shoot water up your bum it's just like having a mini shower after you've gone to the yeah. loo so do you like i think the person so money was was trying to figure out do you stand up or do you do you lean like I say we think about English throne that we're we're sat on right now I know someone who stands up and I remember thinking that was really weird but I think a lot of people do like a combination between the two I reckon a lot of people do a sort of semi hover Charlie feels really (laughs) uncomfortable well I'm on my work computer and my boss has just messaged me so now I'm thinking about pooing and the fact that my boss has just messaged me it's all going shit up basically (laughs) are you gonna answer the question Viv oh oh, yeah I lean I'm a leaner but um at the moment I've really struggled because of my back so I'm kind of just like doing a minimal lean so it's it's gotten quite difficult um really I realized the amount of privilege that I have being able-bodied for um most of my life uh how difficult it is to do things such as just cleaning your ass do you remember when you didn't have any toilet paper and you were going through a really anxious time? It was like there'd yes. been a lot of attacks and stuff like that, and you were quite worried about leaving the house. So we sent, we sent, we sent I could see Charlie's cat's ass just like moving past the camera, um, and we sent you some toilet paper. Yes, yes, thank you. But didn't didn't that. you like personally deliver it to her, Charlie? Yeah, it was part of the birthday present. Um, it was part of my 30th birthday present. There was other presents, I promise, but that was quite Viv's, a big one. Viv's favourite place for the listeners, Viv's favourite place I, is Blue. It's where I do most of any productive work or any productive thinking. All the voice notes we get. Uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, that reminds me, I'm down to my last role, it's worrying, <laughs> but I, it's okay. Yes, I, I can go outside at the moment. Next question. 
we'll go into this one. This is a really nice, deep question. If you met your 10 year old self now, what would you say to them? I'd say it's okay to touch yourself. It's not weird. (laughs) Actually, no, that's a really good point. I would say that too, because Mm. I don't like, if you grew up in the nineties, there was just fuck all in terms Mm -hmm. of the conversations that kids get today from their parents, from the adults in their lives, from the schools that they, you know, that they're educated in. I know that there's a lot of work to do, but geez, you lot had it, you lot have it way better than we did. Totally. so that's a really good point because there is a lot of material out there about like shame and like how and in sexualization sexualization how that comes from stems from such a young age and now parents are very very aware of that and how they speak to their children about sex yeah I think I would um say that there's no need to be embarrassed or feel ashamed when things happen to you you know did you ever reflect on racism that happened when you were a kid and you were so ashamed of it that you just couldn't Mm. tell anybody and you couldn't bring it up and it was this horrible shameful secret that you just had to pretend hadn't happened I think Mm. I would say that you don't have to do that that you don't have to just because someone is a prick to you doesn't mean that you you're the one who's got to be ashamed basically and that would go for any kind of um nasty behavior I think I think shame is like a really I think shame is an emotion that we learn from a really young age and I know that there was a lot of shame in my childhood I was just going to add I also think I would maybe be a bit more um be a bit nicer to people I think I might have been a bit of uh like a bit of a ringleader uh, a few times in my childhood and I think that um I'm trying really hard not to use the word bossy because I think that's a word that we only applied to little girls. I was quite, um, in a way, kind of forceful, I think, with some of my peers. And I think that I would have benefited from being a bit kinder. Yeah, I think mine would be, I think around, because the question was like 10 years old, wasn't it? I think that's around the age where I, kind, I mean, I obviously I knew I was Chinese before that, but like realised that, some people made that thought that made me different or in a in a bad way and I think I would say kind of it's a good thing like it's a really great thing that you're Chinese and the differences that brings and everything like that because I really consciously remember um as I was starting high school so when I was 11 I really like vividly remember thinking okay pick out who the prettiest girl in the class is and make friends with her because no one's going to bully her and then if you're kind of by default friends with her you kind of get a pass and I think that's really sad that I considered that that you know people might bully me because I was Chinese and because I was quote-unquote different and yeah I think I would yeah yeah it is a really formative age yeah Yeah, totally and I think I would tell myself to just not to listen to yourself and to not follow people blindly because I didn't trust my own instincts and I I didn't think I had any original thoughts or ideas and I think when Amy mentioned in the podcast that she felt like she was the 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 Asian side character which is perpetuated so much in every single form of media that we ever see I felt I still feel like that sometimes like I notice it in conversations when I see like my white friends interacting with like other white people that we know and the conversations directed mainly to my white friends and I'm just stood there as the side character like I, th- I think that it brings back a lot of those feelings of of like you know not being desirable to um 
other boys back in like school like I never had a boyfriend up until I was 17 and before that I had no no boys being interested in me at all um and also believing that I had to go along with what other people thought because I had no I had no opinion myself or right to an opinion myself or to be heard or to be like listened to at all I think that I dealt with my self-consciousness in an a really opposite way I think I was one of those people who and still am probably channels feelings of self-consciousness into kind of boisterous borderline aggressive behavior um and I remember being really self-conscious about the way that I looked in primary school um I used to so my mum used to French braid my hair every single day before school and now I think that's really cool and if I saw Mm. a little girl with just perfect French braids every day I'd be like oh my god absolute goals but when I was a kid it was just like super embarrassing that it had to be so neat and so kind of prescriptive and other girls were allowed to wear their hair down and my mum just thought that was like unacceptable and I had glasses and I remember one time, I remember telling classmates, it was that, that kind of weird period between being really excited about the stuff that you get to experience being from a different culture and then the harsh reality of what that means when you are different. I remember being really happy and excited to tell people in my class about um, a Vietnamese potbelly pig I don't know if you know what a Vietnamese potbelly pig is. It's a type of miniature pig that comes from Vietnam and they're just really cute and very, just they're just adorable, lovely little piggies. I was telling them about it. And then one of the kids in my class said that I looked like one and that was really, really hurtful. And I got really, I kind of did develop a bit of a complex that I looked like a, like a pig. And so I think I dealt with that by being extremely um yeah like quite boisterous um I've said before in the podcast that I hate the word tomboy but that's what I was classified as and it was like right well if I'm not going to be one of the blonde um kind of quiet pretty girls that everyone likes in the class then I'm going to be the like cool loud active one I guess Mm. oh I'm so sorry that it's just like you know you don't think about how these experiences they really do stay with you and it's just so fucking dehumanizing <laughs> to say yeah. that you look like an animal is awful it's just triggered a lot of my own memories I think in school as well um and some happy ones too like I do remember like um in year five like we had this um day of celebrating oh, everyone had to bring in a different biscuit or something and then Steph and I were like the only yeah the, the only Chinese people only POC I think in the class and we brought in these like I don't know what they're called in in English or Chinese but they have the word horse in it so we just called them horse biscuits um and everyone loved them everyone loved them so much and we, we felt so proud in that moment because everyone was like oh my god I want some more of these horse biscuits and like there are some moments actually that I've completely forgotten about where I was actually like quite like happy to feel accepted but I think it probably goes back to like you know we're celebrated for our food but then everything else doesn't it doesn't come along with everything else basically I reckon that you know like it's, it's like with anything and that's how marginalized people in our society live day to day it's like happy memories but tinged with you know the the negative othering and discrimination um, and you know different treatment 
it's not it's not like that that doesn't exist in a vacuum it's like all part of this massive experience and yeah I had loads of happy memories as a a kid like the primary school that I went to was really lovely overall had a really great experience there but doesn't take away from the negative things that happened yeah yeah that's so true that question was deep it was so deep deep. I'm just looking at the other ones now to see how we could change it up a bit um oh this is a lovely one favorite ec owned biz and this is from british chinese biz aka faith oh hey faith hi faith can i say little yellow rice co because (gasps) i have their chili oil on everything and at the the moment i'm going through a stage of having the chilean garlic um sauce it's not the oil yeah that's so good for a long time I went through a stage of having the oil on everything and now I'm going through a stage of the sauce and I would say I eat it at least once a day I'm Mm. I'm very close to finishing that jar and that's that's a problem to be honest yeah little yellow rice code such a solid shout also I know that Hannah listens to this I know that Hannah listens to this podcast hey Hannah hi Hannah I'm your number one fan I did ask so the other day the other day I um I decided to send Charlie a present because she needed it and I was thinking like what can I get Charlie that she will really really like and it was a toss-up between it was either donuts because I know that she'd been like she'd been agonizing over whether to spend like 38 pound on donuts <laughs> it was either donuts or I was considering messaging Hannah to be like can you make Charlie a massive jar of chili oh, oil my but I, then I thought that you might have done that already yourself so I didn't do it I have asked her before if she'll make me a like excessively large one and she says she's looked into it I haven't got one yet but Hannah I am still in the market if you are that way inclined <laughs> that's a nice one I, yeah love Hannah from little yellow rice co yeah um, ma'am what about yourself I was gonna say little yellow rice co well you can't so pick another well, I one can't. okay I am a big fan of Bert and Roxy Ooh, Bert and Roxy yes. do really really lovely prints and I have mm. been ordering them as they're like perfect do you know what they're perfect mum gifts or like perfect gifts for um you know mother-in-laws aunties that kind of thing Mm. um she's got they've got one that's it's a print of like little Chinese bowls you know the ones with the fish on them the big Mm. like koi carp yeah and that just like it literally just makes me think of my mum's kitchen yeah um so and it's like the stacked bowls I I bought I bought a print for her so it's just like you know, when you look at something and it just transports you to a specific place and I could see mm. it like I was like, I can see the kitchen. I can see where the bowls live. I can see the like ancient orange rice cooker that is older than me still going in the corner. So, yeah, um, they've got a really lovely Etsy shop. We're going to put all the links in the bio so everyone can check them out. Um, I love and I'm trying to remember the name of the GOO you guys might know uh, the caring touch the mum and daughter duo yeah oh what yeah yes I love their products so much and I've actually sent a lot of gifts from them they have a lovely shop on Etsy and they do lovely candles and bath bombs and bath soaks and balms and it's made by a mother and daughter and it's so sweet 
I love them. And I also love Hannah from Little Yellow Rice Co. And I, I also love Steph My Face, uh, Dad's chili oil. Um, that is like a very different type of chili oil. It's so spicy and so garlicky. It's so delicious. I need delicious. to try that one. Oh, um, it's Because I think amazing. I'd like that one as well. I yeah, just have I a lot of chili oil in my cupboard at the moment, so I need to kind of use some of it before I add more chili oil to the mix. Also, rice over everything. Chili oil is really good. I mean, to, I've got all of them in my fridge. I love all of them. It's really hard to pick a favourite because I do love all of them, but I do have more yellow, little yellow rice curry over other ones. Yeah. I just buy little yellow them. rice curry in bulk and just buy as many as I can and stock up because <laughs> I think she was sick of me having to buy them all the time. So next question, what's the most joyful and challenging thing about running BC? And that's another great question by uh, Faith. Oh, I think the most joyful for me is having a validating space where you can just put anything out into that, into that space every single day without fear of judgment or, I don't know, just to, just to get back a kind of warm, fuzzy, reciprocal mm. message is um it's been really validating like just speaking to you all every day and just building on our friendship every day and being able to do that is such a privilege can i ask are we coming up to our year anniversary that's soon isn't it is it june or july 17th of july does the 17th of july mark when we formed our group on Instagram? 17th of july is david whitfield day yeah david whitfield we're not going to call it I was about to say, please don't D-day. give him a day dick day yeah dick day what's what's the been the most challenging thing man I think it's like I think that dealing with any kind of social justice work is a double-edged a double-edged sword because while it is such a privilege to be able to educate yourself and to be a bit more switched on to the inequalities and marginalization that underpins like the whole world's structures and while it is very freeing to make these realizations and to reach out to people who've had similar experiences um, and to learn about the experiences of people who are more marginalized than you, it's also, like I said, it's that double-edged sword because then you also have to deal with the fallout. It's like opening your eyes, but then sometimes the things that you see are really disturbing. Um, so just the the emotional drain is quite high and I think some days not all the time but for a small portion of some days I do find myself being like oh wasn't life just easier when I was like blissfully Mm -hmm. ignorant but then I'm like what did I do yeah what did we do what like what did I do when I wasn't like what did I do with my free time I'm I'm like that's a genuine question that is (laughs) genuine (laughs) but I, I, I can't remember a time when I don't know I feel like even when I have free time, like I'm always reading, like most of my books are kind of mindfully chosen about certain subjects and things like that. I'm just like, I can't remember. It's like, it's like eating meat. I don't even mm. remember. Like mm. I, I'm actually at the point now where sometimes when I eat fake meats, I'm like, is am I eating meat? And I get really worried because I, I, I genuinely can't remember what it tastes like. So I get a bit panicky sometimes because I don't live in the UK. So I don't have access to all of these really you know there's loads and loads of plant-based and meat Mm. substitute products now just like every single supermarket you go into so every time I go back and I eat these things I'm like but am I eating meat are you sure are you like definitely sure there's no meat in here and I have to check the packets and stuff um (laughs) it's like that I just like can't remember what life is like 
but yeah like having to manage that duality is really yeah. difficult I agree what about you Beth? So I, I would say like the most joyous, like everything that Mayanna said, and also like those really cool moments of like, oh my God, Benedict Wong is on board with us. Like that was a big moment. Oh my God, we've just got into parliament. Oh my God, the DCMS will have a meeting with us. Oh my God, Gemma Chan is talking with us. Like there's just so many cool, oh my gosh moments where we've just hit so many different facets and different people and like just groups that we never thought, never even dreamed of even being in touch with or, or talking with and now we're like working with big organizations like that was a few a few months ago we were like imagine if we got paid to do this and now it's a reality to actually get funding for us to talk to big corporations I think that's really cool and the fact that we've kind of manifested that Still um, need more funding though, so send us your money. Yes, we still need we still need your money to give us your money. Um, and then I think like the downside is like sometimes I guess I struggle with like fitting stuff in and then being organized as well and like trying to to do the work that we do for free as well as the work that I get paid to do my day job and like how to just like balance me time doing that the perpetual guilt etc cetera, etc cetera. I think that sometimes I and obviously the trauma is um quite t- tricky to balance a bit of a challenge what are you yeah. Charlie um I agree with everything that you said I think another really joyful thing for me is when we see things land with people and they really like it so you know if we put out an article and it does really well and it's kind of not just our friends sharing it it's you know wider people and it's reached people and it's touched people and then the fact that people like read our newsletters and actually actively sign up to our newsletters and I think that's really humbling and very heartwarming that people enjoy the content that our contributors um, and uh, seeing what we kind of do and put out I think that's really lovely Um, and I think in terms of kind of the difficult things um, agree with kind of the balance of things also kind of the practicalities of it so we you know becoming uh forming an organization fucking pain in the ass yeah it's actually really really hard and obviously Viv you've got your own business outside of BCN but you're still quite new to that kind of world and I think it's been really difficult and you know props to all the business owners out there really really hard and there's so much that goes into it that you don't really think about and like all the admin side of it the paperwork I think it's it's like like with everything like the ideas come first like look at this podcast for example it's like oh yeah let's do this and then then like you do forget that there is a lot of planning and there's editing and marketing Mm. and stuff that goes into just this one podcast is like it's one piece of what we do um and like everything that you see is a labor of love but also perhaps of naivety <laughs> like yeah I want to do this and then we were like yeah let's do it and then we're like oh actually shit. there's all this shit that needs to be done oh well we said we're gonna do it now yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that what you were saying Viv about um fitting stuff in I think that this has actually been really freeing for me because I am someone who I think in my life I have performed an exceptional amount of unpaid labor and I think that it's often women, you know, it is, it is most, I don't think it is mostly mm. women who provide 
the majority of the world's unpaid labour, whether that's domestic chores or whether it's emotional support and emotional labour to the other people in their life or whether it's looking after after relatives or elderly, elderly relatives, whatever that is, um, mm. childcare, all that kind of stuff. It is still in the UK we you know we are closing the gap a little bit but it's still predominantly women and then if you look mm -hmm. at a global level it's obviously the vast majority is women and i think that i've done a lot of unpaid labor in my life and in my case it's taken the form of mostly domestic labor and um kind of organizational like mental labor in mm. in, in in social groups and what's been amazing is now that i have this thing this baby this baby project that I love and want to pour my heart and soul into it's allowed me to just push back on that and then so I think it's allowed me to set boundaries because I have more stuff that needs to get done um I'm just like well I need to do this because I really care about this and it's really important mm -hmm. to me this is like this I don't know laundry or whatever it is or the shopping or whatever it needs needs to get done but I don't have time to do it right now so one of us is either going to have to do it or we're just going to have to find another solution that doesn't just mean that I am picking up things left right and center not because I'm being kind of forced to but because I think it's in my nature to just kind of do things for everybody mm. and it's really this whole experience has really allowed me to evaluate why I do that and and the kind of role that that picking up the slack plays in my life and so yeah. I think I've become a lot more relaxed about the other stuff in my life that I always thought I had to do and had to get done and if I don't do it then no one's going to do it because actually turns out if you don't do it either it doesn't get done and it's not the end of the world or someone else just does it and mm -hmm. that's how change happens so yeah, yeah I've been really grateful to for, like this kind of restructuring and realignment of my priorities has been really helpful. I think you I think like uh, you're so good at like organizing yourself and I think that that picking up the not even the slack because none of us slack but like you, you do take it upon yourself like I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it <laughs> so perhaps you transferred that domestic labor yeah I think time into doing more of the species stuff because yeah you're, you're very quick to volunteer yourself even though you know we know you're at capacity or just busy it's different when it, when it's something you want to do yeah, it depends on what it is. Like none of us like doing the um the comms. Oh. <laughs> basically, for listeners um who don't know, the comms are basically we we get emails a lot, uh, as well as like through our Instagram DM and and Twitter, and we all hate managing it because we as much as we're so grateful for every opportunity that comes our way, and we've had some amazing, incredible opportunities come our way. At the same time. <laughs> It's like literally managing another working box, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really big job. Yeah. I think that's the problem. It's not kind of the content that's in there. It's just a really big job. Also, Charlie and I fucking hate Gmail. Oh my god, don't get me started. Oh, that, that's, that's I the tried worst to explain thing. to I tried to explain to my partner yesterday. He was like, "Why? What's wrong with it?" And I was like, "What's right with it?" Yeah, I, I hate take it, it back. so much. The setting up a business is fine. Using Gmail is the worst <laughs> thing that anyone has ever made me do. I hate gmail i hate google drive google you can go fuck yourself i do not care <laughs> it is awful it's so not intuitive oh my god i'm really going off it's but... very not user-friendly i just don't yeah. like admin full stop so any email whatever it is i just hate i hate admin so thank god we have like people like you both who actually will do it and i don't like admin either i just do it because someone's got to do it <laughs> 
Oh my god! Oh, I've just had. A, I'm just. Perpe- I'm just perpetuating my. You're right. I've just <laughs> transferred. I've just heard the words come out of my mouth. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Realization. Oh my god! Does this mean you're just gonna stop doing it now, Maya? I'm gonna start. This made well, you realize. <laughs> I'm gonna start setting boundaries. No, we are very good with comms. We all we do take turns. Um, do you know what I've started doing? I've set a time limit for things on my phone and I'm trying to like really trying to get my phone screen time down I'm doing mm. pretty well I'm averaging about two hours a day wow oh, seriously what about me. whatsapp but are you on whatsapp oh, yeah no whatsapp is like because I usually have a portion of my day after work where I do bc yeah. stuff and mm. like obviously got whatsapp and slack open like, I, I view whatsapp as a communications platform that is kind of necessary um but I mean stuff like scrolling instagram mm shit like that just randomly googling yes, shit that i don't need to know about i'd love to know what we last googled oh yeah let me see what's the last thing i googled how do you find that out actually how did, yeah if you go into safari history. and then press the yeah safari the... i don't use safari i might actually google chrome are you a chrome person on your yeah, phone i don't really do very much Both. like i don't do that much browsing on my phone though oh do you know what i did search actually is there a flag for East Asian and Southeast Asian month? Because I was like, there's a symbol for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. There's a symbol for South Asian month, history month. And I was like, imagine if we had a flag for EC Heritage Month. Let's make one. So the last things I Googled were, is Muji cotton ethical? <laughs> it's not, as no. we now know. Um, and what is the name of the knife that you keep in your kilt sock what is it god i've forgotten already mm. i was just thinking about it because um it was my it was my wedding anniversary yesterday oh happy wedding anniversary thank you thank you thank you and jamie and i was thinking about the wedding and obviously i got married in scotland so lots of scotsmen in kilts um but a lot of my friends also rented their kilts and when you rent kilts the knife that they give you is not a real knife. Um, so I'm, I'm not really used to like seeing the real knives. And it was the day after the wedding. And so this, on this day, exactly two years ago, um, and we were all kind of taking down the decorations and cleaning up. And um, a friend who will not be named was still wearing his clothes from the night before. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and uh, so he was still wearing his kilt and um, we were trying to get something tall, like something from high up down. And I saw him and he's really tall. And I was like, oh, you're tall. Can you come and help me with this? And he just strode over, took one look at the thing, reached into his sock, pulled out his knife and just like slashed the thing down and took down the decoration. Oh and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was very like, it was a very so like swoony man. moment. Yeah. That is so swoony. So like, swoony. man doing things yes is... tall handsome scotsman in a kilt like whipping out a knife mm. and doing something for me nice was like literally just married at this point still had a spoon <laughs> charlie what was the last thing you googled i do not google very interesting things because i've just had to scroll down a lot and the only things i found is is samsung galaxy qi enabled because i've just bought a wireless <laughs> charger and the other one was burn georgia smith lyrics because i was listening to her new album and i was like and these words speak to me i need to know what they actually are and (laughs) i can't find anything else i've googled because i clearly don't use safari on my phone very much the most the more mundane the better oh another one i've googled i googled this on sunday and it says dog toenail bleeding 
because my sister was saying she cut her dog's toenails and cut it too far away. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, no. sorry. <laughs> well, we were discussing what that's called. Um, oh, no, no. Okay, no, move on. It's fine. And I don't <laughs> Google anything else. Well, I think on that note, we have to wrap up. We didn't manage to get through all the questions, but I think I fear if we did that we're going to be here forever, but perhaps we can do a part two because yeah. there's some juicy questions on here that I think we should save for next time. I love how the like poo and bum wiping got airtime, but the juicy <laughs> questions didn't. <laughs> well, the, the juicy questions are very big. And like if we, they, they can be a separate thing, I think definitely separate thing but the poop maybe the there's poo an entire podcast episode eating yes yes exactly it's given us some good ideas did you say Thank the poo fell listening. into the eating <laughs> no sorry yeah the eating then like it, it was a natural flow to then talk about the poo mm. because then you're following the bodily functions aren't you you know that's how i saw it in my head yeah it makes sense I like these episodes because you cover quite a lot you know we've gone from like bum hoses to <laughs> racism back yeah. to bum wiping in a very short space of time i like these episodes too actually i nearly bailed i'm glad i didn't <laughs> it would have been just me and charlie chatting about how much we hate gmail yeah and i then fighting over whether coriander's good or not <laughs> no one would win in that battle what are you talking about i would win <laughs> okay my aunt. whatever you say <laughs> okay my aunt. It's because someone said to me actually like they want to hear some more disagreements on the podcast because we seem to validate and agree with each other a lot and things. This so, is like the only thing that we disagree on, to be honest. Food. Do you know what I have noticed actually? Like, yeah, it, it's like the it's like the only time when I see like the ugly side of Charlie come out. It's like my <laughs> post she'll like she'll post like vomiting emojis underneath my picture <laughs> and it's like that's the only time when when be seen is not a validating space it's like when like it is when it was when it's like oh <laughs> like Carly would be like oh no wouldn't eat that <laughs> I'm like, oh. I can always count I can always count on Viv and Amy to validate my food though I think we have similar tastes yeah, food, yeah and, and Carly and I are very similar in like the things yeah. we won't eat yes um, but it's so rude true. Charlie I'm sorry fine I won't do it I'll just you posted a picture of your cat I wouldn't be like oh even though my aunt you told that. me you hated cats I never said I hated Vera. I think I, I actually, actually, last time you sent a picture, I think I said she was a very beautiful animal. So I'll Aww. take that apology whenever you're ready to give it to me. <laughs> never. <laughs> I will keep posting my vomit emojis under your food. I'm sorry, I won't. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't want me to, but I will think it. So is it worse that I just think it and don't say it out loud? Or no. Oh. <laughs> Okay. It's not like it's not like you're saying to me. It's not like a call-in when you're saying, "Listen, I, I actually really don't like these pictures that you're sending me because it makes me feel uncomfortable." That would be okay. You're just being rude. Well, if Charlie, if if your food pictures made Charlie feel uncomfortable, that's a you problem, Charlie, not a my am problem. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't make vomit faces when you lot are posting pictures of like, you know, but- barbecued meat and dead animals. But yeah, in general, I wouldn't, I try not to send anything with like a lot of meat on because I'm like, my yeah. aunt's a vegetarian. That's not very considerate. Yeah. I have started taking the coriander off <laughs> or like taking the Same. picture before the coriander goes on. Same. And I've started buying less now. And I think you're like permeating my brain. Getting in the, yeah. Yeah. Listen, you do you, boo. But <laughs> coriander's gross. Oh, thanks, baby girl. <laughs> well, just kidding thank you thank you baby girls thank you thank you Um, nice to see ya bye